ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this episode, we're going back. We're going back 30 years. On February 25th, 1992, TLC, the group, dropped their debut album, Ooh, on the TLC tip. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to break down. We're going to talk about the impact of the album. We're going to talk about you know, the songs and, and what we thought about the album, maybe some of our favorite songs and maybe songs we didn't like, maybe songs we probably think shouldn't have been on the album. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe because uh, the, uh, the, the podcasts are now on YouTube. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that we have a guest. Now, if you click the audio, you know we got a guest. But um, the guest is no stranger to the show, good friend of the show. She is the host of Jay's Quick Three. Um, my girl, Jay Book. Jay Book is in the building. Jay, what up? What's going on? 12 Kyle fam and, and newly um, YouTube watchers. What's up? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not too much. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on here. I always love being on your show. So it's, oh, it's a big deal to me. So I'm, oh, I'm really stop, excited. Stop. <laughs> Make me blush. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, if you've been following the podcast, you know that Jay came on and we did um, we did a uh, three-peat on TLC. And I told you in that episode, and I'm going to say it again for those who missed that episode, Jay Boog is actually the fourth member of TLC. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so this is going to be like a trip down memory lane. Um, but it's hard to believe, like, Jay, can you believe this album is turning 30 years old? No, when you said that, I was like, what TLC albums turned 30? Right. It's not been that long. No, it's not. It's been <laughs> I, looked, I was years. like, yes, it has. 92. 30 years. Yeah, 1992. Wow. Um, mm. Ooh, on the TLC tip. Again, the debut album from TLC. Um, so let's let's go back. 1992 was a crazy year in particular for, I know, for hip hop because so many things were going on. That was when you started to see the shift in music as far as um, where in, in the 80s, late 80s, you had the the black power movement as far as rap and hip hop was concerned. And then by the time we got to the 90s and, and 92, obviously later in, in, the, in that particular calendar year, the chronic dropped. And I mean, but we just saw this movement of in hip hop of West Coast dominance, if you will, G-Funk, if you will. Um, the R&B side was different too, but right there in the middle was this girl group from Atlanta. Uh, and I, I was, I was like blown away the first time I saw them because I, I didn't really know how to classify them. They really weren't R&B, but then they really weren't hip hop either. They were kind of like a mixture of both because they could sing and they could rap or one could rap. And they all look good. And we were like mesmerized by their looks and everything. So, you know, young guys, uh, we're, we're superficial like that. Um, but tell me about your first memories, your first thoughts of TLC. And then we'll talk about the album. Um, I think I had said this before somewhere, but when I first saw TLC, it was their video, Ain't Too Proud to Big. Okay. And 
you know, it's bright colors. That's when cross colors was like the big thing. And um, I don't, I was trying to think, I don't remember a lot of girl groups before them as far as like who was popular then besides like in Vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they were probably like sister was like flash in the pan, Missy's group and stuff like yep. that, but you didn't really, and they were supposed to be like the girl Jodeci. Right. But um, I don't know if they came before or after TLC, but it was somewhere around that right same around time. time. But right around time, yeah. um, you didn't see anybody like this. So when I saw it, I was like, who is this? They have this ticker going across the bottom, a- ATL and all this smooth R&B with, a, with rap and hip hop and all this stuff. And I'm like, who is this group? And they have condoms on and big baggy clothes. And I just, I was like, hmm, that's okay. Like, I, I like it, but I wasn't like, like really catching on yet. I just thought mm-hmm. it had been so many groups that were coming and going during that time. Um, like I said, I think In Vogue and maybe a couple of other groups were the only ones that really had some longevity that were really doing something. So, and plus early nineties, you're going, it's leaving from the eighties, a lot of gimmicky type of things. So you just didn't know what you were going to get. And so I was like, okay, I like this group. Um, It didn't hit me until the second video. I don't know what it was about the second video, baby, baby, baby. Um, But I was like, I like this group. I need Mm -hmm. to go to Atlanta and audition and be a part of this group because (laughs) they're on to something. I don't know what it is, but they're on to something. Like, I think um, the first, the first single was kind of, I don't know. I think it was something just to get, get people's attention. I don't think it was like a solid, like single. I think they did that on purpose. Just like, this is just, let's just grab people's attention. Mm -hmm. But when they did baby, 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 it's kind of slow. You can hear their vocals. It was, it was, and then they're they're on a black campus. I think they were on Spelman. Mm-hmm. spell miss campus but then i was like okay these girls actually have like real talent like this mm-hmm. is dope and it was it was a wrap from there yeah I, i'm kind of like that with you i i remember seeing the video and for some reason i bought the tape i don't know why i bought the tape but i bought the tape because it was like okay they, they seem kind of cool and the video was the video was just so different because like you said they had these baggy, these, these loud colors mm-hmm. and these baggy clothes and they had condoms on the, cl- on the clothes. I'm like, you know, and they weren't bashful about it any at all. And, you know, what you, what we didn't see at that particular time was women who kind of expressed their, their sensuality and their sexuality up front, like in your face. Like even as, as sexy as I thought Salt and Pepper was, it was never like, boom like we're in your face type things it was just you know it was more subtle than anything else because salt and pepper were you know we kind of viewed them as b girls and then you know to coincide with b boys and but but salt and pepper was they was they were dope and with tlc it was like wow okay this is different like Mm -hmm. that's the only thing i can say like they were different and i remember going to get the tape and I remember I got the tape on sale. That's one. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's two things that stand out to me about my TLC purchases. I bought the first, the the ooh on the TLC tip was I bought that on sale, and then later when I bought uh, Crazy Sexy Cool, that was the first CD that I ever purchased. Um, mm. And that was, and I I went from CD and I played that CD and I talked about it before, but I played that CD forever, like to the point where like their faces were scratched off the CD. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it it was uh, 
it, it was it was I just remember getting that tape and um I think the video led me to getting the tape because I just we hadn't seen anything and, and it wasn't like they blew me away like like just blown away as far as like this was something just totally different but they were different they were confident mm-hmm. and um you know that kind that resonated with me I was just like oh this this is kind of wild and then once I got the tape I was like okay yeah they, they they're legit um do you remember like your first thoughts when you got their their tape or CD um I'm assuming you got the tape too. <laughs> I have the tape. I was trying to find that for the show. I know okay. I have the tape. I don't know if it's here at my parents' house because um, my stuff is spread all over between there and here. But um, I couldn't find the tape. I do have the CD okay. behind me. But um, you said when when did I get it or what did I well, think when I, mean, I first got what, it? What did you, yeah. What did you think like when you first got it? Like your first impressions of what you were hearing for the first time? I mean, I don't think I had heard uh, an album that was non-skip for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though you don't think about that because we let the tape play, we it wasn't right, any skips right. back then. Um, you just Hello. had to listen to it because it was a tape. So you weren't going to fast forward because if you go too far, now you got to rewind. So you just let mm-hmm. the tape play. Um, but I was just blown. I mean, every single song was like better than the next song every, Mm -hmm. you know, when I would hear it. Um, And I think I got the tape. I know I got the tape right when baby, baby, baby came out. I got the single and then I bought the tape. Um, So I was, yeah, I don't think they had, they hadn't had all their singles out. It was just those two. And those are the two. um, Well, ain't too proud to beg is like the first real song on there, baby baby is on the second side i remember the sides <laughs> but um the a side and b side yes um but yeah it was i was blown away because i hadn't i hadn't heard anything like that you have t-boss singing like low which wasn't mm-hmm. like common mm-hmm. chili was just like the regular normal r&b and then you got left eye rapping her face off all throughout right. this album right. um it was kind of a mix of like they used to call it like a new Jill swing. It was like the, the female version of new Jack swing. Mm-hmm. So it was just a different sound. You got all these different producers on there, you know, Jermaine Dupree and Babyface, LA Reed, Marley Mall. Like you mix all those people together, left eye all together on that one album. It was just, it's something I had never heard. I, I wore that thing. That's probably why I can't find the tape. I, <laughs> it's probably broken, <laughs> but I bought the CD when I, when that, you know, finally came out on CD, but you, you, uh, crazy. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was <laughs> going to talk a little bit. We, we can talk a little bit about the production. You mentioned, uh, I mean, they had some heavy hitters on it. Of course, this album was produced, uh, on the, uh, LaFace uh, records label, um, uh, the record label that was run by LA and Babyface. Um, at the time they were in Atlanta, uh, but Dallas Austin produced on this album, Babyface, Jermaine Dupree, you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, Marley Maul, the legendary Marley Maul hip hop producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, L.A. Reid, uh, Daryl Simmons, and K.O., uh, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, as, far, as far as the production, what, what did you think about the production? Because this was different when, you, when you're when you meshing, like you said, kind of like a new Jill swing. What did you think about the production on the album? I mean, it was, it, it wasn't anything, like I said, it wasn't anything I had heard before, but it was, it worked for them. You know what I'm saying? It's what kind of stood like where are you gonna find an album that has Babyface and Jermaine Dupree and Molly <laughs> Mall? Like those are so different and Dallas Austin all mixed in and it works. 
right. like whatever Babyface wrote or produced wasn't like lacking or not or standing out from what like what they call them D Rock and KO would produce or Jermaine mm-hmm. Dupri would produce. It kind of all meshed together. Um, it wasn't it wasn't like a bad a bad song in there to me. Like all the production value was was pretty dope for a brand new group. You know, these are these weren't previous artists. And for right. them to, you know, of course they were on the face, so they were gonna get, you know, baby face and stuff like that. But to and he was at the top of the charts around that yeah. time. He was somebody big. And you know, yeah. Dallas Austin was a huge producer. Jermaine Dupree was just come, you know, just starting, just coming up. But um like to have those heavy hitters on on an album for a brand new group. And it is seamless between all the songs. Like it was dope. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. I think um, that was one of the things that as I went back and and was listening to this album again, getting ready for this, uh, this review, um, I went and looked at it. I was like, like you almost forget who all produced on the album. And I remember that, you know, listening to it. And I remember left eye shouting out Marley Marl. I was like, damn, Marley Marl did produce on this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy when you think about it, because like, I'm always, when I think about Marley Marl, the legendary hip hop producer, I'm thinking about Big Daddy Kane. I'm thinking about, you know, Rakim, Eric B and Rakim. I'm thinking about all of these legendary hip hop groups that he he produced for or, or artists that he produced for. And to get him on, you know, a debut R&B, you know, album from these three girls from Atlanta who nobody knew really, mm-hmm. you know. And right. um, like you said, it was on the face. So I, I guess, you know, that probably gave them some cachet, if you will. But um that was still major. I mean, like to, to have, cause most people who are creating don't get those kind of producers on their first album, you know, maybe their second or third, right? but right. your first album out the gate. I mean, you got some heavy hitters. So um, I enjoyed the production on this. I think one of the things that stood out to me about the production was like, like you mentioned, it was, everything was in the pocket and it fit. It didn't sound too overproduced. Um, you know, it's it can be difficult sometimes trying to mesh Chili's high and uh I was about to call it Tion. T-bon. Oh, Tion. Okay. I called a Tion on a on a podcast before and, and and they accused me of knowing her. I don't know her like that, but I'm Tion. But people that know her call her Tion. So I, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, just, I just slipped and called her Tion. But anyway, uh <laughs> with the group TLC. Uh mm-hmm. it is. And that was, oh, let me go back before I finish answering that. Okay. TLC. I always thought it was T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili. Mm-hmm. And it's not, that's not what TLC stands for? That's what it stands for. But they also, I don't know what, where you're going with it, but they also called themselves the Titty List Crew. Oh, they, okay. They, that's not how they, what they went through, but they would like make fun of themselves because okay. they okay. were young back then, eight, 19, 18, mm-hmm. 19, 20. Um, and because they wore the big baggy clothes, they just said that like TLC stood for these different things. Okay. People gotcha. call them gotcha. talentless gotcha. crew and all that <laughs> stuff, but it stood for T-Boz Left Eye and Chili. Did you hear okay. something different? Yeah, I, I read, I can't, I, it might've been on, and I'll look it up before we get off this podcast. It was, it was T, it was, T-Boz left eye and the C was something else. 
Or was it? Well, see, well, originally, so when TLC first became a group, it was T-Boz, Left Eye, and it was a girl in a group called Chili. So it was actually Tion, Lisa, and Crystal was TLC. That's what it is. That's what it is, Crystal. Okay. But then when okay. they got their stage names, they kicked Crystal out for whatever reason. They got Chili, whose real they name is Rosanda. Right. Rosanda doesn't really fit with right. Tion and Lisa. So they changed changed her name to Chili. And they said T-Boz because she was kind of like the boss of the group, Left Eye. She always said because the eye is right, but she was kind of like the brainchild behind um, TLC. Mm -hmm. But that's, yeah, that see? came from the original names. Okay, you got me thinking a little bit. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. See, see, see y'all, this is why she's on it. This is why I told y'all she was the fourth <laughs> member. Because yes. I didn't know that. I, I, okay. I just, and when I saw it, because I've always heard them refer to T-Boz Left Eye and Chili. And then when I read it, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, who is this mm -hmm. other person? Crystal. I was like, I yeah. never heard of no Crystal. T, -T Boz, mm -hmm. Left Eye, and, Chil and and Crystal? No, nah, that don't that don't fit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, like, who is that? Is that a stage manager or somebody? But um, but yeah, I, I thought the getting back to the producer side, I thought it was I thought it was really, really dope. And and like I said, being able to mesh uh T Boz's low, her low alto sound and Chili's um high pit higher pitched voice. Um, and then, like you said, left eye rapping, it's not, it's not easy to put, um, a group together where you have, uh, two people singing and one person rapping because, you know, you're going to want the person who's rapping to rap more. And, um, I even had, if going back and listening to this, I had a little revelation, something that I picked up and I'll talk about it a little later, something that I picked up on that I didn't pick up on probably as I was listening to, you know, back then um but you mentioned the singles um uh, ain't too proud to beg was their first lead single uh that was released uh november 22nd of 1991 so that was out before the album came out um uh programming note kids at home uh they used to have singles and the singles would come out long before the album came out so that was kind of like to drum up the publicity for the album That's now i do I have some singles on tape in in there in the closet, I didn't grab them out. What you still I got the singles? I got the look. I got a whole. I got like three boxes of tapes in there of what? just singles Gee, I and albums. One tape. I, I, I know I, I got know. some. In my I'm mom's a hoarder. Tape. I think I'm a musical hoarder because I have like <laughs> magazines and everything in there. I still you know. I got magazines and I have um, I have a box of. I, I've got three boxes of CDs in my garage, but oh, okay. but I just you know I just what I'm gonna play them on. You know, I mean, I right. can play them in the car, I guess, but that's about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, there's no place other, no place else to play them other than that in the computer. True. But um, but yeah, it, it's uh, so that was "Ain't Too Proud to Beg" was the lead single that came out November two, November twenty second of nineteen ninety one. Uh, then the aforementioned "Baby, Baby, Baby" that came out after the album was released. That was uh, May 29th, ninth, nineteen ninety two. Then the third song that was released was What About Your Friends? That was released August 28th, 1992. And then Hat to the Back, uh, September 3rd of 1992. Um, now, this album peaked at number 14. Um, it was certified quadruple platinum. Um, it, it sold through the roof. And I think one of the things that people really gravitated towards was, you know, their persona there in your face but it wasn't it wasn't like over the top you know like somebody trying to sell something and they're just over the top with it 
you know, they were just, they were subtle, but they were in your face. And I, you know, the, the whole condoms and sexual, and we hadn't seen anything like that before. And, and again, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that helped them stand out was that you really didn't know what, a, what kind of category to put them in, because keep in mind, even a song like ain't too proud to beg got major airplay on BET, but it also got play on MTV as well. So that yep. was that was wild for them to be on MTV. So releasing those four singles, um, that kind of propelled them and and you know pushed them into superstardom, if you will. Um, before we get into the tracks, I know I would be remiss if I didn't a- ask you about the um, the documentary. Uh, there was a couple of years, about five, six years ago, I guess it was the documentary. I don't even want to call it a documentary. It's probably more of a bio a movie. Yeah, yeah, the VH1. I didn't, I didn't bio, see yeah. it. I heard a lot of bad things about it. What, what, it, was it that bad, or how, how, what? What was your take on it? I mean, I didn't think it was bad. Okay. I mean, I don't. I mean, you have. But to, you were, you were there. Jay. I was there. So yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you got to. It's a VH1, or right. you know, you got to think if it's a Lifetime or VH1 or whatever. Like, there's only so much that they can do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think they tried their best to like hit the major points of it, but I thought it was good. It was, um, Drew Sedora, I think was T-Boz, um, Kiki Palmer was Chili mm-hmm. and, um, Lil Mama was Left Eye. <laughs> she did a great job. Like I personally, I don't like her, but as her being Left Eye, mm-hmm. she really did a really good job portraying her. But, um, from everything that I can remember, cause you know, obviously I was around for that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much true. I mean, they were involved in it. It was pretty right. much true, um, true to life of, of the things that they went through. Um, some of the stuff that I didn't quite know about, like left eyes, like things that she was battling. Cause you know, you back in our day, and I hate to sound yes. like an old person. <laughs> we didn't know things that we weren't old, printed Jay, in. We old, right? Okay. <laughs> We all we, we're seasoned. seasoned. We're seasoned, vets. right? That's what we call ourselves, seasoned um, vets. See, uh, social media wasn't even thought of. There no. was no way for you to have full access to artists. You didn't know what they didn't tell you. Um, even if they printed certain things in magazines, you didn't really know if that was hundred percent true. So some stuff I just, you know, we just didn't know as a public, like some of the things that Left Eye was dealing with, and of course she had her own documentary. Um, a little bit well before that but um it was just to kind of see those things that she was battling but some of the things that we knew like they they were bankrupt like mm-hmm. they were giving all these advances and doing all this stuff and yeah. then the companies like recouping and pebbles and and la pretty much sucking them dry they had a sucky you know album deal that which a lot of new well. artists do um, so even though they were selling all these records, even into uh, crazy, sexy, cool, they weren't really making any money. They went in Grammys and all this stuff, but they didn't have any money um, to show for it because they were paying lawyers and the, and the mm-hmm. label and all these other things and paying for their tours and all that stuff. So um, it was just it was cool to see that. Um, I thought I thought it was a pretty good movie. I mean, I'm not saying I would watch it all the time, but I was <laughs> I was happy to see it. Um, I knew that uh, T-Boz and, and Chili were involved in it. So it just okay. made me okay. want to, you know, I knew everything in there they were talking about was true. Okay. So um, okay. Well, I didn't think go. it was bad. 
but it's VH1, so it's not yeah. gonna be like a blockbuster hit, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I just, like I said, I didn't see it, but I just remember people on Twitter talking about it, and they didn't like it or whatever. I was like, uh, well, you know, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, a lot of times it's it's really kind of hard to connect to some some of the younger audiences too because they just you know like you said you can't conceive and i and i the idea of that era because in a lot of ways and i hate to tell people this sometimes but you had to be there you know like i i can tell you about how it was without the internet but for some stuff you just had to be there so Mm -hmm. um but the tracks on this album this album is 55 minutes long and, and i actually going back and listening to it because i i'll be honest Jay, i had not listened to this album all the way through probably in a couple of years um because crazy sexy cool is my my joint that's mm-hmm. gosh, i love that i mean i love both of these albums but crazy sexy cool is i mean it's the first cd i bought so i mean like hey i mean you talking <laughs> it's to somebody sentimental who, it's yeah. exactly. I mean, like you know me, Jay. I'm mm. I'm hip hop all day, and the first right. CD that I bought with my own money was Crazy, Sexy, Cool. It was. That's why it's even, a diamond record. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it wasn't even. I didn't even buy Illmatic on CD before I I bought Crazy, Sexy, Cool first. So that's cool. Um, so I get ah. That's for what those of you who watching. Like. She has the album cover. I'm gonna have to take the light off a little bit so okay. y'all can see. That's dope. That's dope. And the CD. Oh, there's the CD. Wow. Ooh, on uh, yeah. the DLC tip. <laughs> Make sure you check out the YouTube channel if you want to see what it looks like. Um, so yeah, 55 minutes. Um it it flows. It it, it doesn't feel like it's 55 minutes. And uh what I did was Jay the first two times that I listened to the album all the way through, I didn't look at the tracks. I was like, let me just see if I can remember what's next. And uh, I actually did. And and that just goes to show you just from all the time, like you said, when you got the tape, you know, we just listened to the tape all the way through because you just, like you like you mentioned earlier, you can't just fast fast forward, even if it's a song that you don't particularly care for, you know, you just sit through it until your favorite song comes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song starts off with an intro. And the intro is like a little skit. And TLC has some great skits. Uh, I like this intro. I think it's mm-hmm. very fitting. Uh, or just on a personal note, uh, the skit on the Crazy Sexy Cool album, one of my all-time favorite skits. Um, But that's how it starts. It starts off with the intro skit. And then we get into Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Uh, what did you think about Ain't Too Proud to Beg? Like I said, it was kind of like a starter for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it probably wasn't my favorite on the album because when they did come out with this, it was over and over and over and over again. I I, watch, I was a BET watcher. So every uh, yes, time yes. video soul, video vibrations, you know, all the, they didn't have 106 in Park back then. Video soul was a countdown, but over and over and over and over again. When, when the, channels used to show videos yes so it was like 24 <laughs> 7 and then you flip to MD- mtv you'll see them mm-hmm. on there so um i kind of grew tired of it because i didn't like it as okay. much as the other songs but i mean on the album it was it was a great starter because that that um 
intro kind of takes you into it because it's a guy saying like I don't really know what these girls are doing I don't mm -hmm. I guess they're trying to be trendy I guess they're trying to be you know something that nobody else has seen before I don't know I think they're cute and then it goes you know right yep. into the song where you know left mm -hmm. eyes introing um this um the song so I thought it was a good start good start yeah I agree totally I think um I think it's a really good start to the album uh particularly when you transport yourself back into 1992 again that's 30 years <laughs> it's still crazy to say that it's 30 years ago but when you transfer how is it 30 years ago i'm only 25 how does that how does I, that work I, jay i don't know are you I don't sure know. i'm that's what it says it says that right here 19 okay I'll, all right i'll take your word for it <laughs> you were two years old when it came out <laughs> um so yeah it, it I, I liked it it, it you know, what's interesting, and I thought about it as I was listening to it, like, Ain't Too Proud to Beg is probably one of the few songs that I've heard um, when I'm doing these reviews, a lot of times I'll go back and listen to it, and I'm like, yeah, that was the more, one of the more, more popular songs. I don't particularly care for it now. Like, it, it got old, or it got tired, or it, I just didn't like it, or whatever. But I, I still don't have a problem, and I guess maybe because I, I never got to that point where I got tired of it or whatever. Because you know, listening to it all these years, you can get tired of a song quick. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. no matter how much you liked it back then, but um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was a really good lead off to the album. Um, track number three, "Shock That Monkey." <laughs> My jam. My jam. Talk to me about "Shock That Monkey." They just talking that they're, they're talking that talk on Shock That mm -hmm. Monkey. Like, don't bother me. Like, I'm doing my thing. Like, you gotta, you gotta. They used to call them nickels back then. You gotta let these nickels yeah. know. <laughs> that was yeah, one good of, one thing about uh, TLC. Yeah, they were very creative with their words. Most of the time, mm -hmm. it was stuff that uh, Lisa had wrote or whatever, or Left Eye had wrote. But um, they were clever with the words, so it was it was mm -hmm. cool to see something like that. But, um. They were showing like independence. Like you didn't really get that from, from girl groups at, during that time, like assertive and this is who I am. And you're not going to tell me what to do and shock that monkey, get them off your back, do your thing. Like, don't let them hold you down. So I was, I love this song and just the, it's a hype song. It's upbeat. Mm -hmm. This is 90. So it wasn't a lot of slow jams. No, it was no. more up, upbeat. You're going to get, you know, get up and dance and stuff. It had that, that kind of, that, that groove to it. Mm -hmm. I oh, enjoyed no it. No doubt. No doubt. Um, when this song, I think the first, I don't know, first couple of listens I heard, I was like, shock that monkey. I was like, uh, I particularly care for it, right? Mm -hmm. But after a while, it it really grew on me. I was like, you know what? This shit I <laughs> <laughs> and it, it quickly became one of those joints where I look forward to listening to it. And, um, but like you said, it's a hype song and, um, I, I enjoyed it. And even going back and listening to it again, I'm like, I, I really remember why and when I started liking it, you know, cause mm -hmm. then I, then I started thinking back like, damn, why you didn't like this at the beginning? <laughs> so, right. um, but yeah, it, it was, it was really a, a, a really good song. A really, again, I think a really good lead off package, uh, for the album. Uh, then you get into track four, which is the intermission, intermission, which is another skit. The whole uh, remover. The, yep. Remo <laughs> Just a sprinkle a day. Watch that whole fade away. Have you 
Has your hoe been sprinkled today? <laughs> yes. Has your hoe been sprinkled today? And that was a that was a play on a commercial that was uh, out. I don't know when that, that commercial was out when we were little, I think. I just mm. remember hearing that commercial before. But um, yeah, that was funny. That was funny. I enjoyed that intermission skit. Um, then track five, we get into uh, Hat to the Back. Pants down real low. Talk to me about hat to the back. Okay. This is by far one of my favorite videos by them. Mm -hmm. Because I I don't know what it was about this this song. It was just a dope song. Um, they did really well. I mean, this is their introduction to music, their their first album. So they did really well with like showcasing Chili. She was always like the mm -hmm. R&B girl. T-Boz mm -hmm. was always kind of the lead vocalist and leading the song off. And you always had Left Eye dropping some rhymes. So they did that well throughout the, the album without making it sound tired. Right. But with this out, this particular video, something about the video was just dope. Like they had on these Carthartt jackets um, my dad was a, was he had his own construction company, so all he wore is Carhartt. So mm -hmm. I stole like a bunch of his jackets. What I had him going to school, and that's when they were you know big and baggy was in. So even though I'm wearing this giant jacket, everybody's like, "Oh, she got the new Carhartt." I'm like, "Yep, yep." Got my high tech <laughs> boots on. Oh, um, but in this video was the first time we saw them in dresses. So this mm -hmm. is their last single, even though it's the what fourth you know, song or, you know, track on the album. Mm -hmm. um, they were kind of showing everybody. There was a guy that was imagining like, what would they look like without these baggy clothes? And you can see they, they're, they're pretty girls. They look right. good. You know, they look right. good in these, in these dresses. Um, so I was freaking out. I remember I saw and I called my friend like, girl, did you see that video? <laughs> girl, did you see T-Boss? <laughs> T-Boss wearing dresses, girl. Yes. Turn the BET. It's going to come back on in two hours. Turn the right. BET. <laughs> you know, it was going to come back yeah, on. Yeah, going to come back on um, when the replay came back on. But turn to that channel, watch it. I'm telling you. And we were like freaking out because we had, you know, for three singles, three videos we had never seen. We, had, we didn't mm -hmm. see what they looked like. And just for that flash, um, you were able to see that. So that was blowing my mind. I don't know, I guess as a, you know, I was a kid, what, 14, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm like blowing my mind. Oh my God, look at them. So they can be, you know, sexy and just, you know, one of the guys, cause they would always say that, like we can kick it with the guys, but we can also be sexy, you know, as a woman as well. So I always love that song because of just that video and looking at the visual. Um, I thought T-Boz was so hard. I thought I was T-Boz. <laughs> So I had my my sunglasses. I had my card heart. I wanted a black jacket so bad because of that video. He only had the brown ones. I'm like, can okay. you go get some black jackets? Because <laughs> like I need to, I need to like make this realistic. Mm -hmm. He was like, girl, if you don't get out of my face. I know that's right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I really I love this song. Plus, it was a it was a a good song. Pretty much, just saying this is the kind of girl I am. Take it or leave mm -hmm. it. Take it or leave like, it. Like, I'm just going to wear my hat to the back, keep my pants down real low. I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. Again, just being assertive. And that was sort of kind of giving confidence to women out there to let them know you don't, we can be sexy, yes, but you don't have to be what this status quo is of what the, you know, society wants us to be. So I thought it was a dope, a dope message and a dope song. 
Yeah, this is one of my this is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um they were I, I like the beat and then I like how they were blending in um MC Light saying shut the fuck up in the background. Um <laughs> I thought that was so dope. And uh when I like you like you, when I saw the video, I was like, oh, because it's like as from a from a guy's perspective, we knew they were fine. Or at the very least, I like all the dudes, I don't know nobody that, that wasn't checking for like TLC like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like everybody, and you might have had one you was checking for a little bit more than the other, but everybody was checking for all the girls in the group. And so when we get the glimpse of them in the dress, we're like, wait a minute. So now it all kind of makes sense now. Now it's like, okay, they came out with these other videos and they're in these baggy clothes and stuff like that. And they're really concealing their bodies. And, you know, they wanted us to see them for who they were. Uh, mm-hmm. They wanted us to see them for the talent that they had. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about necessarily showing you what they had as far as their bodies were concerned. Yeah, okay, they're, they're your dope, cool homegirl. If you can get to her body, then cool. But she's cool in the Carhartt or whatever like that. And that was chill. And, you know, like they said, you could kick it with them like that or kick it on some romantic type stuff. But, you know, they were just just regular roundaway chicks. And, you know, for most guys, that was appealing, particularly in 1992. I'll just mm-hmm. be honest. um, Because we didn't need all of the weave and all of that stuff like that. Um. Shout and they didn't you. have that then. Right. <laughs> now that I think about it, T uh left eye wore her always wore her hat in a I mean her hair in a bun with that bang. Mm-hmm. T Boz had the ill shortcut. Shortcut. And yep. you know, Chili just had her natural hair. But mm-hmm. yeah, they never really got into that. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that's that's one of my favorite tracks on the album. And I just when I was playing it, I was like, wow. I was like, man, it's taking me back. Cause I like, cause it's like, you know how it is when you listen to something that's particularly if it's something you haven't heard in a while it can take you back to where you were and like certain memories and stuff that you have, whether it be riding around or if you're kicking in a dorm like me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, great, great, great song. I love that joint. Uh, then we get to track six. That's the way we like them. Uh, this was produced by Marley Maul. What, what did you think about this song right here? I mean, it's another jam. This, mm-hmm. this is the one where all of them are rapping. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like left eye, not, I mean, Chili and T-Boz are no rappers, but right. they were kind of <laughs> hanging with her and you know what I'm saying? They let, they did their thing. I like, I like what each of them were saying. Like at the end of their raps, they all had this little thing, you know, that's the way nineties girls are living. That's mm-hmm. the way T-Boz is living. That's the way left eye is living. So it was kind of a, a chance for them to be showing their individual sides and kind of, but rapping. I thought I thought it was dope, and then like mm-hmm. the the um, the beat was kind of cool. You can tell oh, it was the like beat was crazy. Yeah. The beat was dope, and then at the end is where they announced like all everybody that was on the album, mm-hmm. um, all the producers and everybody like that. And I had you know during high school because by this time we were in high school, um, we had memorized everybody, and everybody had a name. We we took students. We were like, okay, you're Molly Mall, you are JD, you're LA and Babyface. We got Pebbles over here. We got KO over here. So we had we knew we had named everybody, but um, it was a dope song. It was it was mm-hmm. cool to see like if they could hang with Left Eye. Mm-hmm. Now they're not up there, but they no. did all right. They no, did all right. They they held their own. They held yeah, their own. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, this song. I really I liked it a lot when it came out. Um, 
the one thing that I didn't like, and it and that, and that eventually grew on me, but the chorus, it took me a minute to get with the chorus, because the chorus, that's the way we like it. I was like, this sounds like a Disney song. I don't know why it sounded in my head, it sounded like a little Disney tune. Not a Disney just, song. Just the just the chorus. The chorus sounded like a Disney tune. I was like, why did they have the chorus? But then now it makes sense because the chorus sounds one way. And then the rest of the song, you go back to the beat that Marley Maul did. So true. Um, true. But I get why they did it like that. Um, and it took a minute to grow on me, just the hook. But other than the hook, I love the song. Like you said, they were rapping it. And, you know, the, Chili and Left Eye, I mean, Chili and, and T Boz, they held their own. You know, they, they, they didn't embarrass themselves as far as, I mean, truth right. be told, you know, Left Eye could, could really rap. Like she wasn't, she was never People sleep I, on Left Eye. Very much so. Very much so. Um, one of my favorite raps actually leads into track seven. What about your friends? I think this is her best. Is it her best? I think it's some of her best bars on the out. And, and this right here, I think set left eye apart. What, what did you think about what, what about your friends? Another dope song. Like there's yeah. no song on here that I don't like. <laughs> um, what about your friends again was a single. So yes. it was played a lot, but I actually really liked it. Um, I like the video to it. Usually yes. I'm a visual person. So if I can actually see like what their vision is for the song, it kind of makes me like it more. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it so many when people, when friends would get into it, they'd be like, what about your friends? <laughs> I, I mean, I've had that a couple of times, like from my friends. I'm like, what? What did I do? What? So you didn't call us on three-way? What about your friends? <laughs> Are they going to be around? I guess you just, I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I mean, that was like the the Mad Girl theme song mm -hmm. um, back in the day. But yeah, it was dope. It, it, it was saying like where where are your friends like mm -hmm. are they with you because you got money are they with you because whatever i mean are they gonna i guess kind of telling their story now that i have some money that doesn't mean that i'm different just because right. we're kind of stars now doesn't mean that i'm not just a regular person like i'm still cool i'm still down mm -hmm. but i'm still you me. think right you think this of me so now it's kind of like now i'm seeming shady or now i'm seeming like i'm not real and they were just saying like you know, what, what about your friends? Are they going to be around? Because when things go down, where are they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, again, this is, <clears throat> is this, this, it's hard to say. That, this is probably my favorite song. Okay. This, I, I don't know what it is. It's it's just the way that it comes on. It is like crazy. And, I, and I've, this is one of the songs that I remember like, when I first moved here in 97, now obviously this song, this album came out in 1992, but when I moved to Atlanta in 97, I remember being at a club and I remember this being played in a club. And it's not really what you would think is a club song, but when it came on, bruh, everybody went crazy. The girls rushed the floor. <laughs> it was like people was getting trampled. I was like, like it was like a stampede to because everybody wanted to get on the dance floor. And um I just remember that vibe. So I, so a lot of times when I hear this song, I, I go, I kind of transport back to that memory, but yeah, this is, this is a dope song. I love left eyes bars. I think again, you know, and I mentioned a little earlier, I did, I wasn't really, because I listened to crazy, sexy, cool more than I do this album. Mm -hmm. I had forgotten how much she rapped on this album. 
And yeah. I mean, like, she rapped her ass off on this album. She doesn't rap as much on Crazy Sexy Cool because the songs and the vibes are a little different. She's a little right. bit more toned. And then, you know, she was going through some things, some personal things at the time when they were recording, too. So right. I don't necessarily know how much she was around when they were recording that album. Um, but this first album, they made sure that, you know, she got her shit off and she did. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing that always kind of stands out to me, Jay, is that, like, when people talk about female MCs, nobody ever mentions Left Eye. And I'm, I'm not saying that she needs that. To, I'm, I'm not saying that she needs to be, you know, that she's up there with Queen Latifah and Light and all the stuff like that, but she's never mentioned. And I mean, like, she's got bars. I mean, like, if you go back and listen to some of the stuff and some of the flows that she has on this album, it's better than a lot of the trash that people listen to on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. You know, some of some of some of your some of well, I don't want to say yours, some of you people who are watching and listening, some of your favorite MCs. Can't rap better than Left Eye. I'm, okay, I, I'm I'm being honest. It, yeah, it, I mean, just on this is. album alone, like I was listening because it, it's been a minute since I've listened to the whole <laughs> album. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was listening to it before, um, you know, we were getting ready to record this. But mm -hmm. I was like, Left Eye was really spitting. I always thought like she's in she's in my top ten of of rappers. Okay, okay. But also just because I was a you know obviously because I'm a fan, I think a lot of people leave her out because you don't think of her as I guess like a solo rapper, she's part of TLC and you just don't correlate that with if you think about a, a Queen Latifah or MC Light, stuff like that, or Brad or whoever it is that you choose um, or Lauren. to, uh, or Lauren. Lauren stood out because she's the only girl in in, in the right. two guys, so she, she held her own. So it didn't, right. I don't think it really gave Lisa like the spotlight being in TLC. And then of course, mm -hmm. when she was trying to go solo, you know, things were cut short, but I, if people really listen to Left Eye's rhymes, yes, her her uh the one she's done as features on other people's stuff, mm -hmm. and then this album and the other album she's been on, she she ain't no joke. No. Like she she kind of had like that Moni Love type of like fast flow, mm -hmm. um, especially during this time. Um, but she was dope. Yeah, she, she was dope. She, she definitely she definitely dropped bars on this one. Um, then we get to track eight, his story. Mm -hmm. what do you think about dope. his story i thought it was dope for this album period just the whole uh message of tlc mm -hmm. coming out the gate not only were they in these big loud baggy clothes they weren't they were kind of anti like, like the sexy thing we're not wearing a bunch of tight stuff um but they were also given a message they mm -hmm. spoke a lot about um protecting yourself and talked about like a lot of AIDS awareness and, you know, STD awareness and things like that. Um, and a lot of times they get banned. I mean, I didn't mention that in the beginning, a lot of people didn't want to book TLC because it was controversial to have condoms all over your body. And they didn't right. want them talking about sex. And a lot of times they thought they were too young to talk about sex, not knowing that they were at this time in their twenties, um, they thought they were like some little kids talking about sex and then they wouldn't get booked for places. Mm -hmm. But this one, his story was about, um, domestic violence. Um, it was based off, uh, a, a case. Um, this girl's name is Tawana Brawley. Mm -hmm. She was 15 years old. I didn't research it deep, but I, I think, uh, what happened was, she was kidnapped and raped 
they held her for four days by these these four white men, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And they didn't believe her. They found <laughs> her in a trash bag. She had racial slurs written all over her body. Um, she had feces all over her. She was 15, like I said, at the time. And she, she told her story and no one cared. Like mm -hmm. no one listened to her. Um, so this, this song, his story was about what are they going to believe? Right. Like, why, why do we have to fight so hard to have our voices be heard when something like this happens? And this is true today. Like how many times do, are we talking about like protect black women, black women's voices are, are rarely heard. If it's something that we're screaming out about, it's not really taken seriously unless some other people have joined into it. Think about me too. Me yeah. too was started by a black woman. It wasn't until all these other white actresses got into it that it became this phenomenon. Like no one talks about her, but everyone talks about <laughs> how they took down Harvey Weinstein from, mm -hmm. you know, Rose McGowan. I forgot who it was. Don't, I don't want to misquote, but a white lady and white people, white women jumping in on the, on the bandwagon and making it a thing. And you're still forgetting about black women. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's still prevalent today. It's crazy. 30 years later, we're still dealing with the same thing, but it was dope to take time out of just, you know, partying and having fun to like focus on this, this issue. They felt it was important to mention that, that that was something close to their heart to bring that story up. So it was dope. It was a, and, and it was a, a catchy song. Yes, very much so. Yeah, <clears throat> very much. So it, it was, um, I'm with you, Jay. I, I, I love this song. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's perfectly placed. It's in the middle of the album. You're partying, you're having a good time. And then this is actually a heavy song, but it don't necessarily feel heavy. But I just mm -hmm. remember, Jay, I, I probably heard this song maybe about three or four times. Because, you know, the, the first couple of times you run through an album, you, you're listening and you're not really pay, you're listening paying to attention. Beat. Right. Yeah, you're not mm -hmm. really paying attention. And I, when she said his story over mine, you know, my story is just a waste of time that that never believe his story like and i was like because at first i read the, the the title i was thinking history like mm -hmm. reading yep. it out and i was like and then when i started listening to what she was saying i was like wow and then i just kind of put myself in that position where like you're thinking okay from a woman's perspective yeah it's tough i mean nobody wants to have something happen to them and then you tell people what happened and nobody believes you mm -hmm. you know um, and I was very familiar with the Toronto Brawley case. Um, at the time, I know Reverend Al Sharpton got involved and Reverend Al's reputation at the time um, wasn't what it is today. I mean, he was vilified in the media. Uh, and keep in mind, this is like Jay said, this is no social media. So, you know, Toronto mm -hmm. Brawley's case, you know, just imagine all of the things that you described happening. And there's no Twitter to report it or whatever like that. And I mean, like, you know, so and there's still people to this day that believe that she lied about the whole thing. So um, for them to put that in their record on their first record, again, this mm -hmm. you're, you're taking a chance because you can piss some people off. Right. And, um, you know, I thought that was a risk and it was it was beautifully crafted and um, one of the one of the better songs, I think. On And it, like you said, Jay, I, it's not too many there's not a lot of skips on this album. If you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, I, I love that joint. So 
Um, like this song was the last song on the on the first side of the tape. Yep. yep. So it kind of ended this, you know, that that run of songs. Um, and then you turn it over and you get to the the, the party stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was so, smart on their part too. Yeah. To like yeah. end it on that, and like you said, have it in the middle of the the album or the last song if you have a tape, the last song on that side, and then you know. Because because it leaves you with something. It leaves right. you with something, and you got it gives you something to think about when you when you're flipping the tape over, young people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we get to track nine, which is the intermission, another skit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another good one. Yep. And then track 10, Bad by Myself, produced by Jermaine Dupree. Tell mm-hmm. me about uh Bad by Myself. I always call this T-Boz a theme song. I don't know. It's just something about the way she was singing it. It's just oh, like, I can do bad by myself. I don't need you. If I'm, if you're going to bring me down, why do I need you? I can do bad by my own self. By I don't my need damn self. Right. <laughs> um, it, the, the skit before it was like, she's trying to be with her man and hanging mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. And he's like, no, I got stuff to do. I don't want you going. Oh, I want to go to the club. And then she gets a call from left eye. Saying, "Hey, we got to go to the studio," and then he's like, "Oh, you got to go to the studio." I was going to take you to the club. I was going to take you to the club. Oh, really? Slaps him, takes his car, goes to the studio, and then you come in with "Bad by Myself." Like, mm-hmm. I don't have time for these games. Like, again, it's the assertiveness assertiveness that you didn't really get to hear from a female's perspective. So it was, um, I loved it, and it's funky. Like the mm-hmm. T boys had this, you know, they always talked about like the funk the straight R&B and then hip hop was the rap part that left I brought. And T-Boss was really good at that. Prince was one of her, her idols, one of her mentors and things like that. So you can really tell like in her, in her song, they just fit. So mm-hmm. to have her leading that off, it was dope. Yeah. I love this joint. Um, this was, I don't want to, I don't think it's the first thing that I heard Jermaine Dupree produce, but it's probably one of the first songs that I heard him produce at that mm-hmm. level. And um, it's got a bounce to it, you know? And, uh, you know, like you said, I think the, the the intro leading into the song, you know, is perfect. And then what she's talking about, yeah, she can do bad by herself. Like, I don't need you to bring me down. Right. <laughs> if, if it's about you bringing me down, then right. I, I'd rather be by myself. And um, yeah, I, I love that joint, man. It, it it's it's funny because I remember you know going back and listening to it. I was like, oh, I remember this. I was like, oh, because like I said, I, the, listening to it, I, I made sure that I didn't look at the track, so I was waiting to see what was coming on next. And when that came mm-hmm. on, I was like, it just took me back. I was like, man, I remember this joint like it was yesterday. And left eyes um, rhyme on this. Yep, another oh, she, she spit another dope bars, Some bars, dope bars, bars. Uh, then we get to track 11, Something You Want to Know, which is a slower joint. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was feeling this. What, 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 would, what would you take on this one? I mean, it's my jam. Like when you just say something when, something you want to know, like I started smiling because this was <laughs> this was one of, of two left eye features mm-hmm. where it was just her. It was her finally yep. in, in the uh, driver's seat. It was like T Boz and Left Eye were her her kind of back. I mean T Boz and Left Eye. T Boz and Chili were her background. It was her mm-hmm. song. And it was dope. It's kind of like a little love song. Like if you it's something yep. you want to know, like just come ask me. Like I if you've heard rumors, if you heard something that I did, just come tell me. Don't tell everybody else. Don't mm-hmm. be mad at me for no reason. Come talk to me. But it was dope to hear her rhyming on like a slow 
Yes. A slow yes. song. Yes. Kind of like a love song. It was like, I need, I need love type need vibes. Love. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yep. it was dope to hear that. And I was happy to, to have her standing out on her own. Cause she, she deserved to have a little shine as well on the album. Cause you, you it was so T-Boz forward and chilly on every hook and all the time. And you left eyes just coming in in between the songs. So to have her stand out and kind of tell the story at the same time, it was dope. Yeah, I agree. I think them giving her chance, I mean, not, not that she was, you know, not that they were going to overshine her or whatever like that, but right. just them giving her a chance to just, like you said, be in the driver's seat. And she didn't disappoint. I mean, right. like I said, left eye on this. I Again, I got to go back to something I said a little earlier. Like, I had forgotten how much rapping she was doing. And, you know, like you said earlier, it was mostly on up-tempo songs, but to hear her on a slower joint, you know, that was really, for old school cat like me, like, that's really up our wheelhouse because when guys started rapping over slower beats or love songs, if you will, you know, it takes you back to the LLs and the and the heavy Ds and, mm-hmm. um, you know, songs like that. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I still, you know, I think, Personally, I think this was a perfect setup for the next song, which was track 12, Baby, Baby, Baby. They did a video mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, I think they shot it at Spellman. Um, mm-hmm. what, what did you think about Baby, Baby, Baby? I mean, it's my all-time favorite TLC song. <laughs> like, I think it's just it's just because of the nostalgia. Like, that's what made me like start liking them for real, like become a real fan. So mm-hmm. like it's a slow jam. I mean, I think Babyface, if I'm not mistaken, he produced this or wrote nope. it or whatever. Um Babyface in LA really. But it's yep. dope. Like it's it's <laughs> a lot of people will talk about like T Boz and you know her voice or if she can carry a song or whatever. But I mean I just thought this was dope. Like the way she was singing, it was still like People think it's like people consider it to be like a slow jam. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? From this like weird hip hop group that no <laughs> one could like really understand what was going on with them. Um, but it was, it was, I love it. I can't, I mean, I don't even really have the words for it because I can just hear it playing in my head. It's that beat boom, boom, do, boom, do. boom. Do. And you just go, you start going and she comes in and it's it's a rap. It's a wrap. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's hard to say where I place this, but this is one of my favorite songs. Um, what's my one of my favorite TLC songs? Period. Uh, once the video came out, I was done. I, it was a wrap. I was like, "Yo, I'm." And it's funny because, and shout out to my boy Collect, our boy Collect. I hear um, him talk about that a lot. Yeah, he he said <laughs> yeah. that. He saw this video, and because in the video, T Boz had on on a Grambling hoodie, he thought that she went to Grambling. <laughs> so yeah. that's how he ended up going to Grambling because he thought mm-hmm. she was going to school there. And like he literally saw the video, and he filled out an application when he went on a college tour at Grambling and said, "Hey, I'm going to school there." I, I and it's funny because until he had told me that story, I never knew how he got to Grambling from mm-hmm. Ohio. But uh, shout out to E and um, shout out. But yeah. It, that vid- once I saw the video, it was a wrap. I was like, because I don't know at that point, I don't know how you could listen to TLC and not be a fan, you know. Right. And as far as the dudes, like we were just like they were so sexy in that video, all three of them. So it was like, yo, like we 
that that video was like must see TV for us. Really? And yes. I mean, obviously, I didn't get that. I just thought they were dope. Well, I mean, like, you, you look at my group. But... Yeah, you listen. You looking at your group? We're looking at the women. <laughs> 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 we're looking at the women. T. Boss covered the little short haircut, and and you know what? You know what? Because see, think about it like this, Jay. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit older than you, right? Just a little mm-hmm. bit older, a little bit more seasoned. Okay. So I was in college when this came out. I was in South uh, Carolina State. Okay. So when T Boz comes with the short haircut, Jay, every girl had a short haircut. They did. It was her and Halle Berry. Yes. <laughs> Girls were and going. Tony Braxton. They were going to the to the salons like, yo, give me the T Boz. They weren't mm-hmm. they weren't looking at the that the number seven on the on the wall. They were trying to get the T Boz. <laughs> They want, I'm telling you, that's what it was. I knew so many girls that had the T-Boss joint. Mm. And it was, you know, now you had to have the right head for it. You can have no block head. <laughs> if you had a block head, the T-Boss cut wasn't right, wasn't rocking with you. And we had a couple of block head girls, but, you know, I still love them. You know, they, <laughs> we went to school together. So it's all love. Shout out to y'all. Y'all know who y'all are. But, oh, my but, gosh. But, um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I was... Jay, I was done. I was like, "Yo, these this is incredible!" Like, I if I didn't know any better, I probably would have thought they were at Gremlin too. So, um, but yeah, I love the joint. Like I said, that's that's probably I don't is it? It's hard to say. It's my favorite TLC song, but it's up there. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the track thirteen. Uh, this is how it should be done. Again, produced by Marley Mall. What did you mm-hmm. think about this one? It felt nostalgic. And I guess it was because of Marley Mall, like just mm-hmm. the way he produced. But again, uh, another left eye feature, like it was mm-hmm. her song. Yep. Just let her rock. And it was, even though it felt old school, I I enjoyed it because it was telling the story of how TLC became TLC. Like it mm-hmm. talked about how she was in Philly and how she was trying to perform and she would write rhymes and her homie would dance and, you know, she would come up with these songs and it just wasn't quite hitting in Philly. So she was mm-hmm. like, where can I go? Where can I go? What's, what's up and coming right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me go to Atlanta. Yep. Go to Atlanta. They get on the face. She meets, uh, well, they don't get on the face yet. She meets T-Boz through a friend. Um, they start this group with Crystal. You know <laughs> what I already said? Crystal got kicked out. I think I what Crystal LA. doing these days. I don't know. She she has to be kicking herself a little yeah, bit. She might she might be where the old Destiny's Child members are. Right. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she um, you know they get chilly and stuff and they and they start you know becoming TLC. But each each verse show you know tells a little bit more of the story. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, now we're a group, and now we're about to take off. Not right. knowing that, yes, they actually did. Like they they took mm-hmm. off like crazy, but. Um, I thought it was dope just to hear from her perspective how how things started because she is she is kind of the brainchild, like I said, of TLC. Like people think, you know, T Boz is quote unquote the boss, mm-hmm. but Left Eye is kind of like the ideas girl. She's the one that came right. up with like, let's dress like this or let's do this or let's try this song. So it it um it's sad that she's not here anymore um to see kind of the fruit of their labor and stuff like that. But um, it's dope to hear from her perspective. Like I said, how how they started and how they became a group. Yeah, I it is definitely sad that she's no longer here. Um, I remember when she died. 
I was actually living here in Atlanta. Oof. And and so I remember um I remember having the I remember having I remember them having a funeral here. And mm. it was it was crazy. But um but Man. yeah, left eye just I thought on this joint she was she was she was dope. She was dope again. I mean, her ability to tell stories and I don't know if it was kind of foreshadowing, but you know, for her to kind of basically tell their story, their road to success, if you will, before mm-hmm. in essence they getting hit success, it. you know, right, right, um, says a lot about you know them and her as well. And you're right; it, it does speak to her being being the brainchild of 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 TLC. Um, and then the last track. Uh, Depend on myself. Uh, <laughs> produced by Dallas Austin. What, what did you think about that one? Um, again, I mean, I like that it was the end song. It kind of mm-hmm. ended the album on a good note. Um, it was kind of similar to Bad by Myself. It kind of told the same kind of story. I I can depend on myself. I don't need nobody else to be on my back like that. To be on my back like that. That's 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 <laughs> what they say <laughs> on it. And um, again, it was just dope. I I appreciate when I was listening to this album. I was like, they really branded themselves well on this album Very for it to well. be their their debut album. Their, the name of the album was Ooh on the TLC Tip. I think they said it hundreds of times throughout yes. different songs they started <laughs> with it they ended with it they said it in different left i said it in different verses they've said it on different songs so it was like it made you you know keep in your head oh this is ooh on a tlc tip ooh on a tlc tip this is the tlc tip mm-hmm. just it was genius when you think about it because that's something that sticks in your head and you know if you were a fan or you listen to the album it kind of made you want to go back and listen to it or just remember it and, you know, obviously, you know, like I said, it set them up for huge success because their yes. next album just went bananas. Yes. Um, but the song, yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite on the album, but it's definitely I don't like I said, I don't have a song that I don't like mm-hmm. on the album. But um, it kind of, like I said, reminds me of um, Bad By Myself. So it's kind of repetitive, but it's still dope and, and, and a good way to end the, the album. You took the words right out of my mouth. Right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to end the album because I think it's at that point where the album should end. You know, and sometimes artists, you know, throw a couple of songs and they probably shouldn't throw on there. But this right here is a good ending to the album. And I think um, for me, having a tape is like, oh, we're at the end. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but um, and then we get to track fifteen, which was the conclusion, which. The where outro, left yeah. eyes the outro where she's talking about you know um you know safe sex and things of that nature and i think that's something that kind of gets lost in the the in them taking off was that they were bashed in the media you know for having condoms on their clothes and stuff like that but if you actually listen to them they promoted safe sex they promoted mm-hmm. you know you know, protection is a priority. That's what yeah, they used to say. Protection is a priority. AIDS prevention. And there weren't a lot, I'm going to be honest, there weren't a lot of people talking about AIDS. And then, now keep in mind, this album comes out February 25th, 1992. Well, just a couple months prior, in November of 1991, Magic Johnson tells the world that he has HIV. Mm-hmm. So 
there was a time where it was like, like right after Magic announced that, and I remember because I was just, I was in college and it, it was crazy. I did a podcast on it, mm-hmm. and I just remember like there was this big push about, oh, you know, well if you're gonna have sex, you know, well first they were talking about you know people being abstinent, which I mean right. in reality wasn't it wasn't gonna happen. Right. Right. <laughs> that wasn't gonna happen. But it's like if you're gonna have sex, have safe sex, and everybody got behind that movement and that and that idea, and then here they come with the condoms but that was like you said to get their get your attention but if you listen to the message if you listen to them in interviews and i, I distinctly remember this this these are some of the things that they talked about because they were going to ask them okay well hey left eye why do you have a condom over your eye well i have a condom because it represents this right here and this is what we're about and again it wasn't they weren't doing it for show it wasn't just to kind of put it in your face this was a part of what they were, were were marketing and promoting, and I thought they did a great job. But I think if you were around in that era, you you also saw them get bashed for it because one, because they were women. Let's just keep it a bean. Um, and yep. it was okay for any male artist to, you know, promote abstinence or promote safe sex. But the first time a woman come out there with a you know a three women, three attractive women at that, three attractive black women. Saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, let's protect, let's protect ourselves, ladies. Take care of your body. You know, make sure you don't let nobody take advantage of you. So forth. Just saying stuff that really is just common sense. Mm-hmm. But you know, men in particular bashed them for it. And again, there wasn't no social media around. But had there been back then, oh, they would have gotten killed. I mean, that it really. I'll put it like this: the and you may not remember this because you were a little bit younger, but the backlash that they got from some of this stuff, um, because I remember at one point in time, I don't know if it was a rumor or if it actually came to be, but left, I wanted to put, (laughs) she wanted to put like a big uh, condom like over her breast or whatever like that. And MTV said, if you do it, we're going to blur it out out of your video. Mm-hmm. And so, so she ended up doing it, but it was much smaller. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, and in the video shots, you know, you're moving so fast that you're not, you know, it's there. You don't catch you don't it. it. Yeah, yeah. You can't catch it. But she wanted to put one on that was big enough for the whole world to see. And MTV said, well, yeah, okay, well, if you do that, we're we going to blur, blur it out. And it's like, I'm doing this to help people. I'm not doing this, to, you know, I'm, it, mm-hmm. I'm not taking off my clothes. Right. You know, so I, I thought that that message at the end of the album was perfect um and a great conclusion to the album um i love this album i mean obviously jay boog loves this album um yes it's history yeah it, it is and i mean um it goes without saying like it, it it it's been great to revisit um one thing i always do on these podcasts when we talk about you know albums that have come and gone or albums you know hitting those 20, 30 year marks. Uh from the hip hop side, we give them mics. We say, okay, mm-hmm. well, hey, how many mics would you give this album? So J Book, I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> you okay. know there's five, you know there's five mics that you can give them, up to up okay. to five mics. Okay. If if you were scoring this album from the hip hop sources perspective, meaning five albums is a classic, four and a half superior, four is dope, three is good i think and then like two is whack uh how many albums would you give this album i mean how many mics would you give this album? i mean look you already know i'm giving this 
I'm giving this five mics because nobody was doing it like this. Yes. It was actually successful. They were innovative. They were educational. They were confident and they were showing like a, a different side of women that a lot of people hadn't seen. Um, and they commanded and demanded respect and they got it. So this is a classic album. I don't care if if no one else believes or or feels (laughs) that way, but it's not too many people's debut albums coming on the scene that, um, gave this much Mm -hmm. that, you know, projected this much or, um, really set their artists up. You'll hear about some debut albums and they did good. They got a couple of spots and they were good. Their second album, that's where people really know them. But people knew TLC from Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Yes. And as we talked about before, the production on it, you got heavy hitters on there. Mm -hmm. These people are vouching for these these women and Mm -hmm. they have the talent to back it up. So I I have to give it a five. I can't, I can't, I have to give my group a five. I can't. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like if I didn't feel like maybe further down the road, we might not have all five mics, but this one is five mics. Yeah, I, I'm 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 rolling with you. This this one this one's five for me too. I think it's uh, it, it's I can't compare it to Crazy Sexy Cool because I think these two stand alone. I mean, you know, on their own. Um, and Crazy Sexy Cool has a holds a different place in my heart because, like I said, it was the first CD that I bought. But mm-hmm. you know, Ooh on the TLC tip is so so good, and I'm glad that we did this review because it gave me a chance to go back and listen to some songs that I hadn't heard. Like I said, I, I hadn't run this album all the way through, probably in about five years. And that's a long time, music-wise. Mm. Um, but it just reminded me of how dope it was and how, you know, TLC, how they were when they came onto the scene and how they had they they took all of us by by storm. Um, and you know, left eye left us, but she is definitely not forgotten. Mm-mm. Um and um and I've actually been in at parties, a couple of house parties in Atlanta with T-Boz and Chili. Um, oh, okay, okay. Well, six degrees of separation because I've been around T-Boz and Chili as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, for real, in real in real life, mm-hmm. I know I joke, but in real life, I met uh, Chili and T-Boz. This was after Left I Had Passed Away. Okay, okay. But um, it was actually for an AIDS awareness um, okay. um panel they were doing uh they it was pretty cool because well i lied and said i was sick that I, I couldn't get off work <laughs> i was like no i said somebody else was sick and i had to go to them and I, this is when i was living in houston and they okay. they were doing it at this community center like in the in the hood of houston i worked mm-hmm. way out so it was like an hour away oh wow um but i drove i was like okay um i've got to go check on somebody or who i forget who i said cousin or somebody like that but I'll be, to, I'll be at work as soon as I can. Cause I didn't think TLC was really going to show. I just heard they might. And I don't mm-hmm. even know how I, how I heard it. Cause it wasn't, I think on the radio, they said okay. there was going to be this, be. this thing going on and T-Boz and Chili were going to be there um, because they were still, you know, during that time, still talking about safe sex and things like that. And they had this whole thing. All these people talk, never saw T-Boz and Chili until the very end they walk in, I lose my mind. <laughs> they talk. Um, after the thing, I run up to them and I T Boz really wasn't feeling this is like right after left I have passed. So okay, okay. I understand why she really wasn't like 
trying to be around fans. She said hi and wave, but then, you know, she got in the car. Chili came and gave us hugs and stuff. I had wrote something um, about Left Eyes Passing or whatever, a poem, and I gave that to Chili or whatever. We took a picture. Um, but yeah, that was just that few seconds of mm -hmm. like meeting them and then seeing them talk on, on this panel and stuff um, was was dope. I just wish I could have met them prior to yeah, losing yeah. Left Eye, but you know, I'm blessed to have have seen them. And they really are short. They're yeah, really no, they, no, they're not tall. They're not <laughs> they're tall at all. Little. <laughs> they're not tall at all. They're very petite women. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at a house party on two on two two occasions actually. I was at okay. a house party, uh, and they both were there, and I spoke. And okay. that was about it. I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't get like starstruck or nothing like that. So I was just like, Hey, this Kyle's cool. <laughs> you like me. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I mean, yeah. cause it's like they're in the party and I mean, well, they, I'll put it like this at the, at that particular time, like Tion was dating, um, Tequila Spikes, a uh, former NFL player. And I want to mm. say this was. I don't. I think she had already divorced Mac Ten. I think Mac Ten. Okay, this is after so, Mac Ten, all right. So this party had to be like I don't know, maybe ten years ago, maybe. Um, and you know, just I spoke and you know, chatted a little bit, just small talk. I, mm -hmm. I didn't even. I wasn't even on some. Hey, you're T Boz, or hey, you're Chili. I was, yeah. wasn't even on. It was. They were. They came in the party two different times, and you know our paths just crossed. And I just, you know, you make eye contact yeah. and you just say what's up. In that kind of environment, yeah, you don't want to be fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, like yeah. it's it's a huge house party, and it might be it might have been like two hundred people there, two two mm. maybe two fifty. So Matt, mm. it was a Super Bowl party. That's what it was, a Super Bowl mm. party. Um, and you know, I'm just. I'm just the little guy. So I'm just over there in the cut. You know, I'm, I'm, I, ain't even, I don't even have a podcast. I'm just over there chilling. And, uh, you know, but it was cool. It was cool. They they both were real cool. And I think at the time, I want to say Chili was dating Usher. Um, and it was funny because Jermaine Dupree came to that party that night. And I, like, I ignored him. <laughs> like, uh -huh. Everybody was like, man, JD sounds like, who cares? Okay. Right. I like, I don't care. I don't care about it with Jermaine Dupree. I was like, Chili's here. So, but anyway, that's that's my my little story about that. But yeah, it, it but they're really cool, and um, you know, living here in Atlanta, I mean, you you're gonna run into people like that from time to time. I just happen to be in the same circle at some, at mm -hmm. one point. Um, but before we get out of here, Jay, please tell folks where they can find you, where they can hear your podcast, where they can check you out on social media, because folks need to check out the podcast. Right. Um. Well, before we get to that, real quick. Okay. Because I had, I told you I had a couple of trinkets. Yes. Yes. And I was going to show the audience. So this, while we're talking about five mics, and again, my light might be, I'm going to move it over here. This is a source magazine mm. that I kept. This is the original. I bought this June 1992. Wow. And it has. Is that still in TLC. the plastic? Well, I put it in a, when I bought it, I put it in a protector okay okay like little, Look you, at know, you, you used to write those yeah. reports so you had the little report yeah. protector so i put it in that so i wouldn't rip it up because i was planning on keeping it forever and look 30 years later wow here we are um, because you knew 30 years from then that you were going to be on my podcast look at that look at that <laughs> but um in this when you were talking about aids and i just had the page how it was prevalent during that time um let me see if i can get to it because they asked them about that they said 
Um, AIDS is killing too many people and it's killing us black women at an alarming, uh, alarmingly fast rate. And then Left Eye says, it's just a simple trip to the drugstore, but everyone seems to think it won't happen to me. Chili says, unprotected sex is the same thing with drugs. Yeah, I can try one time. Just one more time, T-Boss says, but we all still get a lot of negative feedback for talking about condoms. Our thing is, if you're having sex, you should, should have safe sex. We show condoms because we're trying to make it hip. People are having sex without condoms um, because, it goes to the next page, sorry, um, because they're embarrassed or ashamed. Girls especially, um, they're like, TLC is bold. Shoot, if they can wear them on their clothes, I can buy them. And then Left Eye says, it's so crazy, all of the things that girls have to buy. Why would you be ashamed? Um, I remember my first time I had to buy a pad. Oh, my goodness, girls. <laughs> Sometimes I would beg my ex-boyfriend to go get them for me. But kind of what they were saying is the reason why we do this mm -hmm. is because we want it to be cool. We don't want people to be embarrassed and not protect themselves because they're worried about what, what someone may say. Um, so they were trailblazers in that. But yeah, I thought that was dope to have found this magazine in my my box of stuff um, as we're talking about TLC and stuff like that. And off air, I'll show you what was getting five mics back then in 92. I'm sure you'd like to, <laughs> to hear that. And oh, I'm sure. I, I was part of TLC. So I, I had this shirt. It's old. It used to be white. It's not anymore. This was the Looney Tunes, the Looney Tunes version TLC. of wow. TLC. Wow, look it's at that. super huge. I think it's like a double XL, but that's how we wore our shirts back then. Oh, yeah. One big, but real big. I wore this probably in ninth grade because I was, I don't even know why I kept this shirt. Probably because it was TLC. I have a lot of pale And it's a double XL. You you'll never, you'll there. never be a double XL. So. I won't. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm Jay from Jay's Quick Three. Kyle, <laughs> thank you for having me on. Oh, um, no problem. On my podcast, I just pick three uh, topics randomly, just whatever I'm I'm feeling during the, during that time. Talk about it from my own point of view. Um, I talk about I can talk about news. I'll talk about personal things, but I really love talking about music and entertainment. Um, I've had Kyle on a couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Doug; he's been on my podcast a yep. few times. Um, Autumn the Aries, who um, is my podcast sensei as I, as I call her. Um, but I have a, you know, a few guests on there. Um, I, I'm a solo podcaster though. I am also one fifth of the podcast happy hour, uh, which is myself, Autumn Aries, who I just named Chris from shenanigans with friends, Audrey from odd tales and Tamra. I have to say that <laughs> from uh, Tamra to the break of dawn. We come together once a month and we just, give y'all a little peek of what we do on a daily basis. But yeah, come check me out at Jay's Quick 3 Pod on Twitter, or you can go to jaysquick3pod.com and find everything else there. But um, thank you, Kyle, again. No this problem. Is dope. No this problem. was dope. I felt I felt at home. I felt seen. I felt like somebody was seeing <laughs> me once. <laughs> I told you. I told you. You were a former member. We had to get you on for this one because you who, mm -hmm. who better than you knows about this group? Um, but yeah, make you guys make sure that you check out her podcast. Your podcast comes out every other, other Friday. Friday. Yep, every other Friday. And for some reason, I'll be looking for it every Friday. But well, sometimes if I'm feeling it, I'll put out another episode. Like I'll put out a bonus in between mm -hmm. that time. 
Um, but that's why you guys should subscribe, subscribe and you'll just get that, that notification when I drop, but normally it's every other Friday. And then sometimes I'll drop bonuses whenever I feel like it. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, you guys have been listening long enough. You know that the 12 Kyle podcast drops every Thursday at midnight, uh, from time to time this year, we will drop bonus episodes on Sunday. So it's important. Like Jay just said, it's important that you subscribe, uh, this podcast can be found on all podcast readers, uh, every platform you can think of, uh, christianmingle.com. Uh, <laughs> Not Christian Mingle. <laughs> it's on farmers.com. It's on all of the sites. Um, but nonetheless, make sure that you also subscribe to the YouTube channel too, because uh, when I have guests on a lot of times, and sometimes when I'm, when I'm flying solo, I will put the, well, all of the podcasts will be on YouTube. But when I have guests on, or if I'm flying solo sometimes, um, the video will be open. So the cameras will be on and you'll actually be able to see and, and hear what we're talking about. But, uh, that's going to do it for us again. Ooh, on the TLC tip 30 years later, that's going to do it for wow. us. <laughs> so for J bug, I'm your man, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000. Peace.